can I get can I get three volunteers? There's one. Can I get another volunteer? Uh, this isn't going to work if I don't get some volunteers. Well done, Christine. Now I need somebody who's pretty sure on their feet. Not you. Are you going? All right, okay. I was going to do this, but I thought it'd be a lot more fun if I got somebody else to do it. Right. This may or may not work. We'll see what happens. Um, okay. So, what we want to do is uh, I've got three little sticks here, and what we're going to do is we're going to gradually put them on the floor here, and we're going to see whether John can balance on this thing. And you guys are just going to hold his hands as he steps onto it. Okay, so you need to stand there facing the front. You stand there facing the front, Christine. So what we're going to do, should we try one and see whether, see whether John can, can stand on one? Yeah? Well, well, this is the thing. I'm glad Sarah isn't here, otherwise health and safety would be all over me. Right, are you ready? Okay, so I'm going to place this here. And I'm going to place it there. Right, if you could hold John. Hold John's hands. Okay, John, can you... Oh, no, no. That's not going to work. That's, that's not going to... We can try again. Should we try again? Let's try again. Okay. All right, here we go. Here we go. And... Uh, oh, no. It's not going to work. Right, see what? Should we try two? I'm going to try two. All right, let's try some... Where do, where, guys, where do you think would be the best places for these? Just, just, just like that? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. All right, let's give it a go. Stop doing that on my beard. There we are. Right. Give it another go. Let's yeah, let's try it this way. All right. So, John, do you want to try and step on there the best you can? What, 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 hey, that's pretty good. It's pretty. Would you want to? Would you want to let go of those hands? No, no, you wouldn't. All right, step off it. Step off it. That is pretty good. I, I think I think he deserves a bit of a round of applause for that. That was pretty good. A bit precarious, though, wasn't it? it wasn't wasn't that great? Um, tell you what, let's try three. Yes, we got to three. Okay, so I'll move from this and move on to my beard's getting in the way completely. All right, let's try this. There's a one there. Two. 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 All right, you ready? Let's see whether we can make this happen. Okay, so you guys, you can get hold of his hands. Okay. And do you want to step? Do you want to step from the back? Okay, so you hold his hand. All right. Okay, John. There you go. Look at that. Look at that. Pretty firm. Pretty Well done, John. John, you were brilliant, mate. Right, so we've got our triangle here. Now, these things have got some things written on them. And I wonder, Pete, would you just take off each one and then just shout out each individual one? So just rip it off and then show it to, the, to everybody else. Okay. Righteousness. righteousness. So you were stood on righteousness, John. Peace. Stood on peace. It's good. And can you guess what the third one is? Joy. Righteousness. Peace. 
and joy. You can put them down there. So you, John, were stood on righteousness, peace and joy. And it was only until he got all those three things together that really you, you probably felt the most comfortable, didn't you? I mean, even like two, you did pretty good on two, but it was a bit wobbly. It was a bit shaky. You really needed all three, didn't you? So can we turn in our Bibles or turn our Bibles on and turn to Romans 14, verse 17. So I'm going to read that out. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of, can you read that? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, so good. And I thought it'd be really good just to break this verse down for us a little bit, just to try and dig into it a little bit more and find out what is, what is God saying to us through this. Well, one of the things that, that I got, the main thing that I got from this before I go into it in, in further detail, is that the kingdom of God is really three things. It is righteousness, peace, and joy. So joy, that, that thing that we we're, we're, want to experience more this year, we want to recognize as more of a foundational thing this year, is one-third of the kingdom of God. The Bible says it, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So what is the kingdom of God? It is, it is God's, I mean, kingdom is, is, is a king's domain, isn't it? That's, that's where it is. It is where our king, our king Jesus reigns supreme. You know, he is it's his house as well, isn't it? I suppose you could describe it as that. It's his house. It's where he rules and reigns. He is the supreme ruler in the kingdom of God. But it says there that it's not a matter of eating and drinking. So as you said, and I think we alluded to what you just said about being heaven, um, it's about, the kingdom of God is about being in his presence, about being with him, and it is more important than what we kind of put into our stomachs, what we taste and and what we see. The kingdom of God is much more important than that. I mean, do you ever feel the same kind of hunger to be in his presence as you might do when you've gone a few hours or a day without food? Is, is, there, is there a hunger amongst us where we go, I need to be in his presence? Because I don't know about you, when I'm hungry, I need to raid the fridge. I need to, I need to, I need to get some food in me. And I, and I don't like going for very long. I remember uh, just a few days ago, we were out with Emily and Dan, and Emily was so hungry that she was shaking like this. She said, I just need food. I just need food. You know, how often do we feel that about the kingdom of God, about wanting to just be in his presence, that we're, we're shaking, we're desperate for it. We just want to take in what he's got to give us. Because just like if you don't eat, I think that when you don't spend time in God's presence, when you either by choice or, or just the circumstances of life, just find yourself not being able to spend any time with him, then you start to waste away. Have you ever, ever felt that? I know that certainly when I've let my prayer life go, so when I've not had some time just to kind of talk to him and, 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 and be with him, things in my life just start 
to go a little bit odd, a little bit off track. And I've even, I've said it before, I've even experimented with having a prayerless life for a week. I've gone, I'm not going to pray at all this week. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to love God still, but I'm going to live my life. And it just hasn't felt right. Things just haven't gone the way that I thought they would have gone. And, and really, I think it's because my, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I'll get onto it in a minute, but I wasn't at peace. I didn't feel right because I hadn't spent time with my father, God. Um, and we start to waste away. I think that when we don't spend time with him, again, either whether by choice or by circumstances, we, we try and fill it with other things. We try and get hold of something else to try and fill it. And I think that's why people who don't yet know Jesus, who don't have a relationship with him, fill their lives with so much other junk. Drink, uh, drink and drugs and, 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 and playing around and... And all sorts of other unhealthy things because we've, we've, got a, we've got a hole there that we don't know is there. When we don't know Jesus, we've got a hole there we don't know is there and we want to fill it. But I think the same is for us as well who know Jesus. When we don't spend time with him, we begin to think, well, what, what can I fill my life with? Because we're not spending time with God in his presence. Because it's more than eating and drinking because God is more than sufficient for us. He is all that we need. But eating and drinking is so, so important to keep our bodies moving, to keep our cells reproducing, to keep uh, our, our, our things on, you know, our life on track physically. It's so, so important. And what it's saying here in this scripture is it's, the kingdom of God is so much more important than that. It's pretty serious, isn't it? If we don't, don't eat, we die. If we don't spend time in the kingdom of God, we die spiritually. We need to soak in his presence. So what we need to do then, we don't, want to, we don't want to look at things from an earthly perspective when we're talking about the kingdom of God. We want to be looking at things from a heavenly perspective. There's so much more to see when we start looking at things from a heavenly perspective. And that's what it's saying. It isn't a matter of mere eating and drinking, but of righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. But what do we mean by righteousness? Uh, ben alluded to that a little bit, but I've got some notes here. Do you know, very simply, righteousness is about standing with God. We, we are able to stand with God in his presence, in his house, in his kingdom. Why can we do that? Because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. Jesus took all that, that gunk that is in our lives. He took, he took on all that sin, all that sickness, all that moral badness that we have the potential for and that when we before we know Jesus we probably exhibit on a daily basis because of what Jesus did he took all that offers and so that now we can approach the throne in heaven we can approach our father because we are free from all sin and all guilt because of what Jesus did on the cross we can now access him we are sinless in God's eyes, because Jesus took it all on himself. We are justified through the redeeming work of Christ, which means that our relationship, like I just said, is, is, is made right with God. That's what justified means. It means you're made right. Things are sorted out. So because of what Jesus did, he sorted it out for us. He took all that on board so that we can now Align our spirit with the Holy Spirit. That's good news, isn't it? Christ's perfect righteousness is applied 
to imperfect humans. Our account now is, is, is absolutely in credit with God. And I think that is outstanding because it's a free gift. We've not had to work for that. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to do anything to gain it. We have the free gift of grace. And that's extended to each and every one of us through what? Through faith, not through works. Righteousness and peace. So what does it mean by peace? What do we mean by that? Well, look, peace is that we, we have a harmonious relationship now with God. And if you choose it, because it's there, it's part of your foundation, you can have a harmonious relationship with everyone around you. You can bring this peace into other people's lives. You can bring an open heaven everywhere you go. You can bring it on a Sunday morning. You can take it back home with you. You can take it to work, school and college. You can take this peace and therefore you can take an open heaven of experience God's presence into all of your lives. That's amazing, isn't it? See, this, this peace that we, we can have in God is, is over and above any earthly matters. Through, through experiencing this peace, we can lessen anxiety and worry. Listen, I want to be honest with you. Sunday mornings, quite, quite simply, not here, but when I'm at home, can be a nightmare. I've got three kids, not particularly wanting to always get up on time and come to church. And don't forget, we have to get to the storage by quarter past and half past nine to help Les. Quite often I'm, I'm doing the worship or I'm preaching. I'm doing way too much, I get that. But for the moment, that's just the way it is. And that can bring my stress level up to an unneeded level. And I can snap at my children. I can be angry at my children for not their, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. And so this morning, I was like that. I was a right little gremlin this morning. But I, I chose, because I have a relationship with Jesus, I know I can go, okay, God, I, I need your peace right now because earthly and fleshly, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not experiencing it. Because I've got a relationship with my Jesus, I can go, I need you right now. Be at this table with me while I eat my toast, you know. Let me read some of your word. Let me, let me take in some of the promises that you, you said I've got access to. I, I wear this bracelet here. I bought it from Bethel. don't know if any of you have ever noticed me wearing it. And written on it, this is why I wanted the thing around my, my, my head, because it's easier to show you these things. Uh, can, in fact, Kath, can you just you hold this so I read this? So some of these things on here. So wrapped in God's promises. I've got his favor, creativity, prosperity, his grace. I can live in freedom. I've got his protection, his success. I can be with him in his victory. In his, I can experience joy. There's no boundaries. Everything is possible. I've got his guidance. I can experience help. And I've got his love and his forgiveness. I've got all that, all his promises. And I wear that now to remind. So when I look at my wrist, I go, that's what I've got in God. I've got all that that I couldn't achieve by myself. It's because of him and the peace that he brings to me in my life. And, and that's what I was doing this morning. So before I got here, I, I was being a little gremlin, but then going, I've got to just live in his peace. I've got to bring that peace to church. 
It's no good, you know, standing here and preaching to you or singing if, if I haven't got if I haven't got that peace and access to that peace, because you're going to pick it up. You pick it up, don't you, from people. You know when people are unsettled. You know when people have got something going on. Even if you can't quite identify what it is, you just, there's something happening here. And I need to, you know, somebody who's doing what I'm doing, I need, to, I need to be peaceful. And I can access that because of what Jesus did. See, when the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, we're able to guard our hearts, protect our minds, and live in peace. When all around you seems like it's at war. (laughs) And that's what it felt like this morning before I came to church. It felt like there was a war going on in my house. But I chose to live in his peace and to, to go back to Christ and say, be there with me. Righteousness, peace, and joy. So joy, it's our favorite thing that we're, we're going through. And I've got a lot more notes on joy than I have the other ones. And the other ones are so, so valuable. But I want to just focus in a little bit more on joy. Because joy is the, I think joy is the natural reaction to the work of God. Whether promised or whether we see it fulfilled. It's, it's our reaction to the work of God. Just the fact that we are now saved, just if you are this morning, if you've given your lives over to Christ, just the fact that you are saved and and you know what your eternal destination is going to be, that should be a place of joy, shouldn't it? It That should give you so many joy-filled thoughts. You know, what's heaven going to be like? What is, when, when we experience the kingdom of God, not just temporarily like, like we, we, we do. I mean, it's amazing when we step into that open heaven, isn't it? When we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. But, but that's like a, it's like a taster of what is to come. So when we truly enter into heaven, to the next stage of our eternal lives, it's going to be amazing. There are so many wonderful promises in the Bible of what heaven is going to be like. You know, I, I, it, 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 probably beyond my imagination as to how good it's going to be. But just thinking about how good it's going to be should bring you joy. So when you're feeling down, when you're feeling not so good, you come back to that foundation that we've got, righteousness, peace, and joy, and we go, wow. This is just temporary. This is, this is a place where I'm, I'm inhabiting right now. But my eternal destination is going to give me so much more because I have a relationship with him. We, we keep our joy on by knowing that we're in the love of Christ. And we obey him when he asks things of us. I think the worst, the, 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 the biggest killer of joy is when you start to do things that Jesus doesn't want you to do. You know, God, when, we, when we're doing what God wants us to do, I think that's when we can really experience his joy. When we start doing things in our own kind of graft, in our own kind of um, uh, uh, desires and will, then we start, we start pushing up against what God has got for us. Um, you can look in the New Testament. That's a great place to start about looking at what these commands are. And you know, the, these are very simple commands that Jesus gives us. He doesn't give us many in the New Testament. But the ones he gives us are these. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor. Go make disciples. Love God, love people, go make disciples. If, we, if we're doing those simple commands, if we're lining our lives up to doing that, our joy will just grow and grow. Because Not because the joy isn't there, but because we'll be able to access it, we're going to be able to dig into it, we're going to be able to release the well, the open well of joy 
if we begin to do those things that God, Jesus, asks us to do in the New Testament. We begin to bring joy around us when we're genuinely joyful. Genuinely joyful. Um, you know, when I see you smiling, it, it brings me happiness. I feel joyful. When I see you smiling, Christine, it brings me joy. You have such a lovely smile. It's an encouraging smile. Keep going. Just smile. That's all you have to do, Christine. It's ace. I think it's like a chain reaction within a nuclear explosion. Our joy should be tangible. It, it should spark the fire in others. Galatians says that joy is included in the spiritual fruit. So then if that's the case, what good is it if it isn't seen on the outside? If we don't give people a taste of the fruit of what Jesus gives us. Um, Noah drew a picture last week, didn't he? Do you remember? He drew a little box. It was like an explosion coming out of the box. And he just wrote joy loads and loads of times coming out of this box. And, and, And last week I said that I felt that was God saying, when you are full of joy, you will infect others with that joy. And they will infect others with that joy just like I've said then like a nuclear reaction like that explosion of atoms hitting other atoms to split other atoms just be that person who accesses the joy like peace and righteousness joy is foundational in our Christian walk and it is more than just a feeling isn't it because this morning I didn't feel joyful I didn't feel joyful but I knew I had access to the joy of the Holy Spirit So even when we feel persecuted or when we feel under pressure, if we're soaking ourselves in the presence of the Holy Spirit continually, we can experience joy. We can choose to be joyful. I've said it before, but I'll remind you again. I remember Pete giving me a bit of advice, Pete here, my father-in-law. He said, sometimes there are going to be times in your marriage when you don't feel like you love each other. You know, it might be one day something bad has happened or you've had a bad week or whatever and you don't really feel much love for the other person. You just want to go for a walk, you know, spend some time on your own. Um, It's at those times where you have to act like you love each other. Because as you act like you love it, so you begin to do loving things. You don't feel like it, but you begin to do loving things. Things And as you begin to do loving things, that love which is always there, it's never gone away, you'll, you'll untap it, you'll take the lid off, and you'll start to feel that deep love, that deep affection that you have for your, your wife or your husband or your partner if you're not yet married. And, and he's right. There are times when me and Kath have had some right home dingers of arguments, and you know, we argue, I'm, you know, I know some of you don't believe that, how, how can we possibly do that but we do um but then you know one of us takes initiative and and says i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) i'm not going to say who that normally is kath looked to me then i'm not sure what signal she was sending to me um you know and and we begin that process of of loving one another again and feeling that love that is never it's never gone one of the things I found out about joy in the Greek, it's pronounced chara or kara. 
which is closely related to another word, charis or charis, which means grace or gift. So kara then, joy, is the natural response to charis or charis, which means we can have joy because of God's grace. We can have joy because what he freely gives to us, which is grace. That's amazing, isn't it? We choose, I think, whether to value God's presence, promises, and work in our lives when we recognize all he does for us. We can choose to value his presence, his promises, and his work in our lives when we recognize all he does in us, for us, and through us. So when you recognize that, when you remember that, when you remember what Christ has done for you, so your eternal salvation, you remember what God is, is doing in your lives, the things that he has given, the benefits that he is bringing you, whether large or small, your end goal should just be a complete expression of joy. Joy is inescapable, I think, when you genuinely begin to think about how God is working in you and through you and how he's affecting others. And if you're not joyful <laughs> at that point, then I, I think you need to take a day <laughs> to, to sit and ponder and think of all that God has given you. We can't find true joy in anything of this physical world. We can't find true joy because it's fleeting and it tends to be based on feelings, doesn't it, of happiness, joy can only be found in fellowship with God when he makes our joy complete. So if you're feeling dry, if you're not feeling righteousness, peace, and joy, you just need to spend some time in him. That's why we worship, isn't it? That's why we do what we do when we come together on a Sunday. It's a way of helping us enter into his presence by declaring words. I've written this thing down here. One of the easiest ways to enter in or to be in the spirit is to worship him. So... Sometimes we sing a song, and it has these words at the beginning, here I am to worship. You know which one I mean? Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down. We aren't just singing empty words, or at least you shouldn't be just singing empty words. You need to be meaning the words that you're singing, because as you're meaning the words that you're singing, you are literally beginning to enter into the throne room of God, into his presence, into his revealed kingdom that like I say we've got access to because of the blood of Jesus there's nothing holding us back now we can worship God not just on a Sunday morning we can worship God Monday through to Saturday and give him thanks and give him all the glory we can pray to him somebody I read I don't know who it was I think it might be Derek Prince somebody uh, he's quoted as saying that prayer is 80% praise 20% talking Prayer is 80% praise, 20% talking. I think that's a good, a good formula to have, to come prayerfully to him, to give him all, all thanks, all glory, and then we talk to him in other ways. What does in the Holy Spirit mean? What does that mean? What does it actually mean? Because we say it a lot, don't we? Oh, we're in the Spirit, it's in the Spirit. Well, what does it actually mean? In the Bible, there are loads of references to to this and you know things like going forth in the spirit praying in the spirit loving the spirit and being carried away in the spirit but being in the spirit simply means this 
we've put ourselves in a position by seeking a closer relationship with God to receive from the Holy Spirit. So we've chosen to put ourselves in a position to seek a closer relationship with him to receive from the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that God is omnipresent. And do you know what that means, what omnipresent means? It means he's everywhere, all at once. God is, is, is everywhere, all at once. And so even when we know, don't feel we're experiencing his presence, the fact is he's still there. So if God is everywhere, and everywhere you are as, as a believer, as somebody who's received his Holy Spirit, and you're extending his kingdom, even if sometimes you don't feel his presence, he's still there. So it's not him that pulls himself away from us. It's us that sometimes pulls ourselves away from him. He's there, even when we don't recognize him. So being in the Holy Spirit then could also be said to be experiencing God's manifest presence. The fact that he's with us all the time is clear and convincing. It's this heavenly way of being that we should desire daily, shouldn't we? Just, just wanting to experience the things of heaven. If we have all these things, these three things, righteousness, peace, and joy, then we can experience the amazing wonders of heaven every moment of every day, even when you're going through stuff that is tough. Because these aren't feelings. These are facts. These are foundational because of your relationship with him. These things, it can be said, are enlarged when we're in the Holy Spirit. Isn't God good? so amazing things are so simple they're not complicated I could have gone into loads of theology about those things but let's just experience his righteousness his peace and his joy I'm going to do something a bit unusual I just want to I want to know what you think of that not what you think of my preach I want to know what you think of righteousness peace and joy and what it might mean to you it's interesting you should say that because um, when you raised this as the theme, I, thought, I looked at it and thought, oh, that's interesting. And I've realized for the first time that righteousness, peace, and joy are actually consequential and are sequential in that the kingdom of God is a place that we are rescued from, we're pulled out of, and it's not by our own doing, it's not by our own acts, it's not by our own goodness but it's by grace um it's like uh, abraham believed god and it was credited to him his account of righteousness was credited by one credit because he believed god and that is what righteousness that's part of what righteousness is is that we believe god when god says here are some standards to live by I want you to believe me that these are good standards to live by and live by them. And if you believe God, it is credited to you as righteousness. Now, in believing God, we, have, we believed God when God said, you need to repent of your sins. It is by faith that you can be restored to grace, not by any actions and deeds and things that you do. It is by faith. So by believing that Christ made that sacrifice once and for all, you are credited in your account of righteousness in the bank of God with one big credit. Actually, probably quite a lot more. 
But by being credited by righteousness and by believing God that the way he shows you to live is the way you should live, by living that way, what is the consequence of living a righteous, God-filled life? Any ideas? What's the consequence? Peace. Yeah, now if we live righteously, because the kingdom of God is not a place. The kingdom of God is a society. Um, It's a society of people. And so if you've got this society of people living righteously, are we likely to be fighting amongst each other? No, probably not. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean that there isn't going to be some sort of disagreement because there was disagreement among the apostles. But you have righteousness, and the consequence of righteousness in community is peace. And when everybody's living at peace, what is the natural consequences of peace? Joy. I can't imagine there's a great deal of joy in Syria at the moment. If there is, it's in small moments of respite where people are thanking God for, we aren't being bombed today, okay? And that's small joy. But the consequences of righteousness and therefore peace will, of course, be joy. And so I would say that, you know, live righteously. I think the scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all will be added to you. And so... That is the rare we go first. Seek him and his righteousness. And then the rest will be added to us. Peace will come. Peace at heart. Peace amongst our neighbors. Peace amongst our friends. Peace amongst the ungodly. Um, And then out of that will come joy. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do... We make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We our family and in this house that means we we love. love